This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. We are here for another episode of The Rundown here on the Runner Washington website, www.therunnerwa.com. Keenan Gray, Alex McIntyre, Kyle Paulson out for today, but that's okay because we're going to be talking about the Olympia 3200 meter invite race, even if it has been, what, a week and a half since the race actually happened. We'll digress, talk about that race and what was truly a historic night, not just for a lot of the athletes that competed, but for the state of Washington as a whole. I mean, we had three guys run sub nine in that boys race. We'll also talk about the girls race a little bit and then talk about what we've seen so far is in this entire track season as some teams have just wrapped up their season while others are about to begin. But Alex, I wanna give me your first impression from that race. Give me the summary of what you saw from that night. Wow, summary, where do I start? I, I keep describing it to people as the most incredible race I've ever seen. Um, I've only been coaching for five years. You know, I've been obviously involved with the sport since I was in high school. But um, I mean, just just from the start, there was a there was a freshman invite that took place before it. It started at three, just a little um, Thurston County deal that was going on. And all of a sudden you see the Coleman walking onto the field and the Teeples and the Circanic and, you know, all these guys, the Jesuit kids coming in and it's like, okay, there's something building here. You could kind of feel some energy. Like you, you could just tell something, something cool is about to happen. Um, and then, yeah, the sun, the sun sets, the lights turn on boys, boys line up. And I mean, I guess the rest is history from there. I, I fully expected to, to see some pretty good times. You know, I kind of kept referring it to the, the breaking nine project, uh, definitely was not referring to it as the breaking 850 project, but that's that's what went down. Um, you know, for you know, for me being a Yelm coach, um, Bryce and I had a lot of conversations about what we expected that race to be. I definitely did not expect him to be 13th with a 911 two mile. You know, a time that James Mawara ran at state um, in 2019. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit crazy. It was, it was a cool race. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think emotions were high, just people having the opportunity to run fast. Um, yeah, I think the times speak for themselves. It was, it was incredible. All 34 athletes that competed came away with 34 PRs. I think that's the biggest number right there. That is the biggest shock out of this. We, we knew we were going to see some fast times. But had we expected that many people to PR in that race? Uh, you, you know, I, we've been saying this in the podcast since since August, and, and we kept saying it's really who's who's going to step up and train when they might not be able to prove anything. And I think the coolest thing about that race was that every runner who wanted to be elite stepped up. Uh, I mean, those those times don't happen by accident. You don't get to run huge PRs in the 3,200 by 
going through the motions of a COVID year and, and hoping for the best. There was, there was a lot of hard work that went into that. Um, so am I surprised? Maybe a little bit, um, you know, for all of those guys to, to step up, you know, I figured your, your top 10% would, but every, everybody in that field did, did more than we expected. So yeah, I guess it is a, it's a pleasant surprise for sure. If you think about it, though, these kids haven't raced against some of them haven't even raced against each other at all in, in a high school race before. I mean, you're talking about like a Zach Munson who probably has never ran against an Ethan Coleman for Olympia or even Evan Jenkins or even uh, Sawyer Dagan or Bryce Sirkinick. There are a lot of young guys in this race that haven't had the opportunity to race against the big dogs. I think that was the biggest part of that race was just to see what this young class could do. We know this young class is good, but I think they've established themselves as a really, really good class now. I, I know it's almost like the new wave of, of elite runners, right? Like I, we can all remember those times of, you know, the, the elite North central teams and you've had the mead teams and um, but this is just a, a wave of young elite runners. Um, you know, a guy like Zach Munson, a guy like William Schneider, uh, who without this opportunity probably just would have been another name in athletic.net. Um, and now they've established themselves. And I don't mean to discredit the work that they've done in the past, but this is a whole new level that they're at right now. Uh, and without that, that opportunity to step up at that level, um, it would have just been a, a COVID year. Right. And it's, it's more than that now. So I think that's, that's one of the things that makes this really special. And, and we know that for the next two, three years, we're going to see some phenomenal things happen. I'm, I'm going to be making a bold statement right now and say that we see some, some state records go down for the next couple of years. Well, to give you a perspective, Zach Munson, his time is one second off the 2A state meet record, which is held by someone that also is at Seahome High School, Connor Johnson, which if you recognize that last name, his brother Colton Johnson is going to probably be an All-American steeplechase, steeplechaser this season for the Cougs, was indoor 5K All-American. Uh, those are the athletes that we're going to be seeing the next two years, and they set the standard for what is to come in that race. And I'm going to well, guess that other Seahome athlete you're referring to probably set that record as a senior, if I'm going to take a guess. He at did. It. He yeah. did. He, was, <laughs> he said he's the only two-way runner to ever break the nine-minute barrier at the state meet. And Zach Munson did it as a sophomore. It's close. One second off. But, I mean, he's, oh, I'm sorry. Right, yeah. he's right there. But also his second – that time places him second in the nation for the 3,200. The entire nation. I think the fastest for sophomores is like 8.57 this year. It's incredible. Which is stupid fast. It's stupid fast. My big question coming into the race, not knowing how or who was going to break nine minutes, how many guys were going to break nine minutes. I had the over under around four, five people. So obviously it was under because it was just three guys. But to have those three right here, three big names, I'm not surprised, but it's also, it's, it's really cool to see them finally find their peaking point in their careers right now. But I don't, and I don't think they're stopping yet right so far. Oh yeah, absolutely not. And, and you know, there's, there was a lot of energy and that's what carried it, right? Like you hear me talk about energy a lot, but it was guys who got into their race. I don't think we're too concerned about splits. I think most people weren't really thinking about that. They're just like, yeah, I'm here, I'm racing, I'm getting into it and I'm going to beat as many guys as I can. But when you look at splits, there were young guys up front that had, you know, 
probably no intention of running a 65, 64 first lap that absolutely did. <laughs> like when you look at the splits of that race there, there were guys that came out at that fast of a pace. So if you get these younger guys that kind of get a little bit more running experience, a little bit more competition in the future and start being intentional about what splits look like and get into a race like that again, the sky's the limit. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, get into your race. I think that we shouldn't be too concerned about PRs with, with races like this. You're just out to beat as many guys as you can and make a name for yourself. But if we're, if we're talking times, there's, there's a lot of work that can still be done. We all knew Isaac Tebos could break the nine-minute barrier. We, we've known that since his freshman year. We've known that since he did so well at, in cross as a freshman, then winning it as a sophomore. And, of course, now breaking it this year. But – who would have thought two years ago, Ethan Coleman and Evan Jenkins be in this position right now? Maybe you might have because you've seen Ethan race a little bit more, but I would have never pictured this. No, I think you're right on. I, I remember watching uh, watching Coleman as a freshman at, at some of our local invites and thinking, oh, he's going to he'll be pretty good, right? He's still a solid, solid, you know, 20 seconds in the two mile behind uh, Bryce at that time when, when Bryce was a um, – sophomore right you know he's i think i think coleman was i'd have to check on this but not that far under 10 but it was a good freshman time and and now he's somebody that you know i i could foresee leading the nation next year um some probably probably going to be one of the one of the all-time greats of washington so yeah I i think you're right on it's it's just a a good showing of what hard work dedication and a little bit of belief in yourself can do like i said we've been praising isaac we know what his capability is. And obviously that's a PR for him. And he's still running at that elite level. But again, you, you look at guys like Ethan Colvin, Evan Jenkins. Part of the reason I think Evan Jenkins is finally coming around is he realized his potential at the state meet when Camus won it in 4A in 2019. Camus was a loaded group that year with Sam Geiger, I believe. No, it wasn't Jackson Line. Jackson Line is now at Gonzaga. He's a sophomore this year. Um, Camus was just loaded that year. And when Sam Geiger was hurt for a little bit, I re- I think Evan Jenkins realized he is the guy that needs to step up big time for the paper makers in order to get them at a run at a state championship. But Ethan Coleman, I love his story. I love that he's able to put in this work, even in the toughest times, and still manage to run incredibly well. And the crazy thing is, he looked like he had so much energy left. He probably could have ran 845 in that race. Oh man, you almost uh, you almost get frustrated at the dude when he's coming through the last hundred, waving, getting everybody in the in the stands fired up. And I'm not really frustrated. It's just like I, I'm frustrated as somebody who participates in the sport at times also that he can have that much energy and feel that good after running that fast. Um, but I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, it it brought kind of some tears to my eyes when I went back and watched it to just see somebody who could feel so much fulfillment of the hard work over such a challenging year. He, you just, you see the smile on the last lap the whole time. And I, I remember thinking that as I was there, right, he, he's got 300 to go. He's thrown in the kick against Jenkins and the smile never left his face. He knew with 300 to go, I'm going to win and I'm going to break the junior state record. And, and he did it. And the, the smile never left his face, even though he was probably in excruciating pain because you don't run those times um, feeling good. Right. But it was cool. I got to say though, Jenkins is the one that I, um, 
not most impressed with, but probably most surprised by, I think I should have had a little bit more faith in him going into it. I thought he'd be a guy that'd be a top five, but um, to perform at that high of a level that I, I didn't see it coming. That was, that was really cool to watch. Oh, when I, when I was talking with people on Instagram live and kind of doing a meet preview and trying to get people's perspectives of like, who do you think could win? Who do you think could get under nine? I had Jenkins winning. I didn't have Ethan winning. The reason I had Jenkins winning is because of how well he was running at these big time meets. And then when it's on the center stage back in Washington under the lights, I feel like because this kid has a little bit more experience at that kind of level, he was going to pull something off like that. But Ethan is a gamer. We know this. We know that he'll be putting up a fight. And he did all 12 laps or not all 12 laps. That's a 5K, excuse me, all eight laps. And what was more impressive, he threw a 58 seconds last lap. That was, yeah. that was crazy. That was crazy fast that he was able to do that. What were your thoughts when you, when you saw him, both of them just take off that last lap? Uh, I knew it was fast. I didn't know the split until a couple of days later when I actually ran into the guy who timed it. I was like, Oh my gosh, most, most athletes can't run a 58 fresh, right? Like if you talk about, if you talk about a lot of athletes on an, even on a track team, let alone just the general public to run a 58 second lap fresh is a difficult thing to do. Um, yeah, no, but the, the thing about Ethan and, and anybody who's listening, you should go back and listen to that interview that he did with, uh, uh, was it Miles Split who did the interview with him like the day before? Do you remember Keenan? I, I have no idea. I mean, I interviewed his coach and then I interviewed after the race. What I got from him was he was, he didn't care. So hit, backtrack, his, the girls coach for Olympia got mad at him for being celebrate or whatever he was doing, point at the clock. But the reason he did that is because he wanted, he's not, hasn't had that much fun in a year and a half. None of these kids have had that much fun in a year and a half. And I, and I get it. Yeah, it looks like he's showboating. But at the same time, let the kid enjoy what he's doing. Let the kid point at the clock realizing, holy crap, I'm about to do something that I would have never imagined that I would accomplish in all four years. Even in COVID years, I would have never accomplished doing that. And they're enjoying it. They're having fun. And every one of them, every one of them, I bet you all gave each other hugs, high fives, smiley chairs, said good job to one another. I think that was, that was the big message from that night and the energy around everybody. Oh yeah. I wouldn't call it showboating at all. It was a, it was a celebration of his hard work. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. After the race was over, there was like 30 guys on a cool down together doing laps around the track that all just experienced the same phenomenal thing. Um, anyways, that the interview I was referring back to, um, Coleman's a guy who just kind of gets it. There's things that can't be coached that he really is in tune with. Um, and I got that out of that interview that was uh, posted the day before the race. Uh, you know, he just talks about opportunity. He talks about not worrying about time, but just getting into a race. He, he talks about not being so concerned about um, the times, but the, the, the process of what it means to work towards those times and how there's meaning in that. And it's, it, that's, that's what a champion does, right? He, he never once said, oh, I'm going to go out and get this record and win this race. He's like, I'm going to celebrate the process. I'm going to work really hard. And I believe that I've put in enough to, to do these things. Uh, but man, a lot to be learned from the things that he said. I, I encourage anybody to listen to that interview. I think it was Miles Split that did it. No, I agree. And that's the one thing I, I like about Ethan so much is he doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he runs that day. As long as he's out front and winning, whatever it takes to win is pretty much his mentality is, is what it is like, cool. If I run a sub nine, but get second place, 
okay, that's nice that I ran that time, but I didn't win. And I think that's what a lot of people should have that perspective going into a race. Doesn't matter what you run, just win the dang thing. Go for the win. Even if it means you run 12 minutes for a two, two mile and the second place is 12.01, you still won. May not be a fast race for you, at least on the guy's side. Girl's side, it's a fast race. But the guy's side, it's not fast. Who cares? You still won. And if that gets you to the state, guess what? You're going to state. I think that's the big thing. And I, and I feel like a lot of coaches pressure their kids to run a certain time rather than just go out and just race the thing. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's really important what you just said. And I, re- I remember talking with my good friend and mentor, um, Coach Dartha at Mount Spokane, and he was kind of pushing on me a little bit. And he was like, how do you know when an athlete has had a great race? How do you know? I was like, oh, that's kind of a hard question to ask or to answer, actually. But what we broke it down to was, it's, did you get into your race and, and really like settle into a pace or a, a spot where you felt like you were competing, right? The times don't matter. Um, the, the times are a byproduct. Uh, but did you actually just get into a race and, and know that you're putting your all into it? That's, that's the sign of a great race. And that's what those boys did. If you had to summarize the entire evening in one word, what would you say? Ooh, one word. Uh, epic. The word is epic. Is it's that really an okay what, word? I think so. I, I, I believe it was truly epic, and I wish I was there. And I was, I'm was, fortunate enough someone sent me the video, and I got to do the play-by-play for it for, for my own content. Um, which, by the way, what would you think of that? <laughs> I, I knew that you had already seen the results and then did the play-by-play, so I <laughs> thought it was funny. <laughs> no, you did yeah. a good job. I, I love what you're doing, Keenan. You're bringing – you're bringing love and support to a sport that uh, maybe doesn't get as many as, as much as other sports. So I think it's great that you do that. Some, somebody commented on, when I posted the video, it's like, it's like this guy's already seen this race or something. <laughs> yeah. Any first, big predictions about Coleman's time going into it, Keenan? <laughs> honestly, though, I was so, I was, I was through, I was getting pumped up though when he ran a 58 second last lap. That was, that was insane. I haven't seen anything like that since James Mora ran that in his last lap in the mile, his, junior senior year when he was at Lincoln yeah that was a fun race. it was on the girls side same thing 17 competitors every single one of them PR as well now I don't know if you watched that one as closely as the guys race but I mean Washington represented really well Kate Laurent from Ellensburg 11 team oh not 11 team I, I first of all I can't even talk today so I don't even know why I'm I haven't done one of these in a long long time so bear with bear with all of us Kate Lorette from Ellensburg, 11.17. Kevy Johnson from Lakes, 11.22, which is a school record. Also, get this. Between the guys and girls, 10 school records were broken. 10 school records were broken. That, that was just unbelievable. I, and I think one of yours was your own Bryce. Yeah, it was a significant school record. Yeah, took down, took down his own school record. Hawkinson's yeah, about 12 out. seconds. That's that's a lot. It's a lot more than I can say for a school record. I only got one, and that's in basketball. So, <laughs> Allison Peterson of Hawkinson, eleven twenty-three. Uh, Zoe Davini from Bonnie Lake, eleven forty. I mean, great times, results, and I w- honestly, I would have loved to see if like Allie Janky or like Julie David Smith and Ella Borshawn could have been in this race. But Ella's been racing down in like Chandler, Arizona, and the California area, and doing some good stuff. Actually, she threw down four forty-eight just recently. I don't know if you saw that. At the I S- didn't. That's cool. SPSL championships. I think she won by like 16 seconds. Which wow. To run 448, pretty much a solo effort. That's impressive. That's also a PR for her. 
with Allie. Allie's ran 455 already this season. And Julie David-Smith, I don't believe Issaquah started track yet, but we'll, we'll see what's what's to come for the next couple of weeks. Obviously, you're done with track, so maybe you'll pay attention to more, more stuff on athletic.net, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I I think at this point I'm in cross-country mode, but I always like to go check out what other schools are doing. <laughs> well, speaking of what other people are doing, and I don't know if you have this pulled up in front of you right now. Also, we started to cover sprints a little bit on the Runner Washington, uh, but one individual I want to talk about, and I'm, I'm sure you probably don't know who he is, but his name is Jake Andrews, and he's from Seahome High School. Sophomore, has the fastest 400 time in the state, 47.92. Ooh, 47. I did not see that yet. He is a sophomore from Seum High School, 47.92, and in the 200-100, and 21.83. Wow, that's incredible. Uh-huh. When's the last time we had a 47? I think it was Marcus Chambers. Well, I was going to say, it's yeah, that's, it had to, that's I, quick. At least that was my guess, that it was Marcus Chambers that ran a 47. I swear. When I, when I did the brackets last year, and this is going way, way back when COVID was a thing still, I guess it is still a thing. Um, Marcus Chambers won the 400 meter race bracket for like the state championship or, or however I did it. And I think he had like a 47, seven, six, something like that. Really, really stupid fast. It's crazy fast. This kid right here, and I'm and I'm hoping to set up a time to talk with him. I don't remember the last time Seom even had that great of a sprinter. We we know Seom as the distance school, not as the sprint school. <laughs> yeah, there's some great things coming out of a two A school. I mean, not not that two A athletes can't do it, but you know, four A has you know, six of him and, you know, seven of the, of the distance runners, or there's just more of them. So it's more likely to see it, but the Seahome's Seahome's been putting in some work. We got plenty of guys that have also broke the 11 second barrier. I believe we got seven guys so far this season. Anthony Smith messaged me the other day. I believe he's trying to chase down. Do you remember Juwan Hooker? Uh, I don't. Juwan Hooker is the all-time state leader in the 100 and the 200. I believe he ran for Ellensburg. So Kyle might know who he is, but I think he's... I, I remember a fast Ellensburg athlete, yeah. But I remember, I, I believe his fastest 100 is like 10.07. Wow. And his 200, if I'm trying to pull up here real quick, 21.02. It's almost as fast as Kyle's, so he should be paying attention. So Anthony, who just ran a 10.38 in their mock meet against pretty much two other people, but it was hand time is like 10.05, 10.07. This is a kid that's going to be running for the University of Washington next year. It was in that race last year at the Desert Dream last year. You recognize the name Anthony Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really fast kid from Eastside Catholic. Uh, of course, Eastside Catholic hasn't started yet, so we haven't seen what they have done this season. But if you're looking at the distances, the 800 specifically, there's a lot of fast times in that race. Well, let's talk about your own athlete, Ryan Lang, breaking the, breaking the two-minute barrier for the first time. Yeah, Ryan Lang, he, he's done it twice this season. Got under two twice. Um, so it was cool to see him last Friday uh, run a 431 mile and then come back about 40 minutes later and break two again. Um, I, yeah, I think he's seeing that that Bryce is going to leave and someone's got to step in. And he says, why not me? 
and 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 he'll be that guy. He's he's a really talented athlete. Tons of talent. I mean, just an incredible amount of talent. So, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I think Bryce really kind of took ownership over those longer distances. Now we can kind of have some fun with the mid distance with Ryan. 22 guys this year have broken the two minute barrier for the 800. It's very cool. It's exciting. There, three of them come from Arlington and they all ran that in the same exact race too. Yeah. They like we talked about how Arlington won the, the virtual state meet also. I don't talk about the virtual state stuff. <laughs> I know everyone's all excited about that and they can celebrate. That's fine. I just, it's just, it's not official. It's not with. It's all for. W- it's all for fun. It's all for fun. Don't tell that to the Arlington people. I think they might be <laughs> mad at you now for that. <laughs> well, hey, fun or not, they won. So there you yeah. Go. So no, no discredit to them. But I, I was impressed that Arlington was able to have three sub two minute guys in the eight hundred, like one fifty five, one fifty six, one fifty eight. Like it's way, way below the eight hundred meter mark. So, so yeah, really who cool. we got now? We got Vincent Loftus and. Uh, Aiden Emerson, Aiden Emerson, Aiden Emerson. Broke his, Aiden Emerson broke the school record twice, he broke it once, and then he broke his his school record again when he ran the 155. But the athlete that I have have kept my eye out this entire season in track and in cross a little bit when he was running all of these random four cases, Cooper Quigley. Cooper Quigley yeah. is an absolute animal in the 800 and the 16, leading the state. In the, in the 800 running 154 and then fifth in the state at 416 already has broken i believe three school records at sila and he's only a junior yeah yeah he's he's a beast in uh you know top 10 in that two mile and he was number 10 in that two mm-hmm. mile um <laughs> it's just it's, it's it doesn't matter where you're from or what you've run before this year is just the year to rise and and that's what we're seeing i i don't know what it is i've been trying to put my finger on it like why why is it that this is happening how do you get you know 15 guys under 912 or whatever it was um is you know is it is it just the you know, less races. We're feeling more fresh. Is it just a need for more opportunity? I don't know, but I don't really care what it is because it's happening and I'm stoked about it. Switching gears to the girls side at your same championship race, Timberline's Danielle Hunter, which you got to watch race. Give me your perspective on what you saw with her. She is a very, very talented athlete running 1203 and 24-4-6. <laughs> I saw, I saw very, very, very fast Timberland girl. <laughs> um, I'm, it's, it's impressive when you, when you see somebody break away like that. I think what was most impressive was uh, in the four by 200 to start the meet. She was like, okay, I'm going to go out and set the tone. Uh, and Timberline was, uh, I don't know if I'd say significantly behind, but they, they were behind with, with one leg to go. And she was the final leg. And uh, we actually had a Yelm team in front by, oh, it had to have been close to 40, 50 meters. Um, and it came down to right at the line and, and Yelm inched through at the end, but she, she, she caught him with, <laughs> with, with about 40 meters to make up. So it, it's, that's a talented athlete. Um, you know, obviously she's breaking school records. So, um, so that's, that's cool to see. The unfortunate thing is, is her season is over with and she's 0.04 off from breaking that 12 barrier, which, which, which is, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad thing, but at the same time, she, she has the opportunity to do some big things at, the collegiate level, which she just recently signed with the University of Washington. Very Seems cool. like Washington's getting all all the fast athletes 
in so far in, the, in this class. And this is one of the more talented classes we have seen. And I feel like we say that year in and year out, but I feel like deep down, this is a really, really good class. There's something special going on here. Sprints, distance, just track in general. Got some big mm -hmm. throws that are happening too. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. There's, there's something special that's going on right now. We got to recognize that. I want to talk about this other sprint athlete, Alyssa Cullen, who I had the chance to interview with for my latest interviews with the runner Washington, super cool athlete. And the funny thing is, is she didn't start off as a sprinter. She started, well, I guess, would you count, would you count sprint the, the longer hurdles as a sprint? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it seems I'll, like it's I call like, it an endurance sprint. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. So she started off as a 300 meter hurdler and was okay. I believe I'm trying to remember what she exactly said, but her coaches were convinced that she could do it without the hurdles. And when she started sprinting, she was convinced, not convinced at all that she could be this fast or be this good. Well, by the time she's done with her final race from last week, she's the second fastest hundred meter sprinter in the state and the third fastest in the 200. She also helped North Kitsap when she was a sophomore. Obviously last year she missed the state. So really her sophomore year was like the only opportunity she got to compete at the state meet was they, they won the four by 200 meter relay. And then she also got fifth in the triple jump fourth in the 200 and sixth in the hundred as well. And the university she's going to has, is not known for sprints at all. It's a distance school. It's Boise state university, which I know mm -hmm. Kyle would love, would love that. If Kyle were here, he'd be celebrating about that right now. But that just, that just says a lot about an athlete that, that is going to a part. Well, think about it like this, like James Mora, James Mora commits to Gonzaga. We're all thinking, what the heck, man? Why are you doing that? You could go somewhere else. Gonzaga is not an elite program, but look at what the culture he has brought to Gonzaga and what he has helped turn around that program. Same thing with Alyssa Cullen at Boise State. She's going to probably maybe turn that culture around there with the sprints. Yeah, I, I, I partially agree. I think, I think that there's a culture that exists at these schools that brings a specific type of athlete. And then you just need that one that can kind of spark it all. Right. It's like, there's a reason she's going to Boise, right? There's, and I don't know what that reason is. I don't know anything about Boise um, state sprints, but that's, you know, you see that happen with Pat Tyson at Gonzaga. He, he brought the culture with him and then the guys are like, okay, I want in on this. And so you just get one guy like James and all of a sudden it sparks it. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think the culture is probably there now they're just getting the athletes mm -hmm, for sure. Well, who knows what the future could be hold for Boise state too. I mean, obviously we, we know their distance powerhouse, Ali Ostrander, Riley Campbell, all those athletes that have actually come from Washington and have gone on to do well, even like Alexis Fuller from union high school, talking about distances before we, we go our separate ways here for this episode. I mean, we've already mentioned about Ella Borshine. She's leading the state in the 800 and the 16, and I believe the 32 as well. So she's got the triple crown right now. Uh, but there's an athlete from Olympia. I don't know if you've heard of her, Caitlin Rigg. Yeah. Caitlin Rigg, 213. She lost by 0.25 seconds to Ella Borshine in this 800 race at this championship meet they had believe it was the uh yeah spsl championships i had never heard of caitlin rigg until actually when ethan coleman did that four by 400 meter relay 
versus the, mm-hmm. the Olympia girls. That was fun. So, yeah, I mean, these athletes, like we've already said, they're talented, they're, they're strong. And, and I haven't seen any of them race in person quite yet this season. So it's, it's hard for me to elaborate on them, but just looking at results, I mean, we have all the, the top 10 girls so far are under uh, 510 for the 1600. Elaborate that a little bit. Did, did you happen to see, I know there was a girl from Olympia that was running well, who was actually a soccer player. So we didn't like see anything from cross country. Was that her? That might've been. Okay. I'd have to double check on that. Um, but anyway, so um, we're talking about what was that time for the 800s? What did you say it was? Two, 213. How many of them? So, well, so there's two thirds. So in the 800, there's 10 girls that are underneath 219. Wow. And in the 16, 10 girls under 510, 3200, 10 under 11, Yeah. Same, same story, different event, right? We're just seeing a bunch of people stepping up and, and whatever it is, whether it's a, just a, a need to compete right now that no one's ever felt before or actual, you know, hard work and determination is just increased for whatever reason. We're seeing it in the sprints. We're seeing it in the distance. We're seeing it middle, long, short, whatever it is. Um, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm not sure what it is, but again, I'm, I'm glad it's happening. It's a crazy, crazy world we live in right now, but it's just, it's awesome just to see this stuff. I'm just, I'm just glad we have, we have something to look forward to this spring. I mean, that was, think of it last year, it's about a year ago, maybe two months ago, everything was just shut down. All hope was pretty much lost and we had no idea what was going to happen. We had no idea if we were going to have cross country in the fall. We had no idea if there was going to be any sports in the summertime or any races or anything. But now here we are 14 months later, we're resilient. We're, I mean, we're athletes. We're, we're able to get over the hump. We're able to get past hard challenges and still overcome and run really well and perform really well. I think that's the biggest message from the last 14 months of being in the coronavirus pandemic is that we're able to bounce back and do the unthinkable. Well, what's your, what's your new shirt say, Keenan? My new Runners shirt? Endure, the Runners one that you <laughs> the one I sent you. <laughs> I literally, I literally looked down at my, the shirt I'm wearing right now. And like, well, it says our time right now, which I think could work essentially, but this is like, yeah, yeah. this is my, this is my Gonzaga shirt from March Madness last year when the pandemic hit and March Madness was canceled. But also this year's is like just, just as zags. But if you, this is a little side side note. If you look at the, if you're an Office fan and you saw the Oregon State Beaver one, this is me going off topic again. But the Oregon State Beavers warm up shirt for March Madness this year said "Just Us Beavers." In the Office episode, Dwight was asking about a certain singer, and Jim was like <laughs> Justice Beaver, <laughs> thinking it was Justin Justin Bieber. That's kind of my, sounds similar. Yeah, that's that's my that's my joke for today, and that's good. total total nonsense. Like but no, that. yeah, runners endure. I, I I like that shirt a lot, and I and I wore it actually. The last the last run I went on was that shirt I wore, which has been almost two weeks now. I have not been able to run at all because I'm hurt, and I don't like that at all. But I'm I'm sick and tired of having groin injuries, so I'm just I'm taking some much needed maybe a month off of running just to recover which I need. So, yeah, do it. But, I mean, this is a, this is a great time to 
be be alive and see this stuff. Alex, I wanted to give you your final thoughts on today's episode, obviously talking about a, a historic 3200 meter race that again took place a week and a half ago when he finally got around this to talk about it. And then also what we've seen so far and the, the athletes that have impressed us in this spring COVID season. Yeah, my thoughts. Um, my thoughts are we we talked about individuals today because we've seen some individuals that are incredibly impressive. And I guess my thoughts are those individuals bring bring your team with you, right? We we want to next year when things kind of start going back, we want to see the Camus and we want to see the Arlington and we want to see the Kamiakin rising to a level that puts Washington on that platform as a state with the best teams, right? It's like an incredible amount of influence that these, these athletes have being nation leaders. Bring your teams with you. Don't forget that. I hope we don't fall into this trap of individual success um, through COVID because there's so much opportunity for team success through, through the individual success that's built. Um, So my highest compliments to those athletes, all athletes that have performed this, um, this season and, just keep it going. Keep it rolling. Sky's the limit right now. Can you imagine next fall if we see Ethan Coleman, Evan Jenkins, and Isaac Teeples in that 4A state cross-country break? <laughs> I was talking to Bryce. He's like, okay, uh, so Gonzaga ends on this day, so I'm going to be able to make it back for the 4A state meet and go watch. <laughs> like, you're going to want to. I think everyone's going to watch that race. I think this that's going to draw a lot of national publicity to the state, to Pasco that day, if if we get if we get that race let's just hope knock on wood and get and get that race because that would be the ultimate race and it might be maybe the best race since tanner anderson john dreschel joe hardy was joe hardy in that same race as dreschel and anderson oh i don't know for sure but i think so i believe because i believe seattle prep is 4a where's kyle when you need him exactly he's our he's our go-to no know it all person which is also me too, which is kind of ironic, but I'm not as old <laughs> as Kyle is. But, but yeah, obviously a great show we got for you guys today talking about all things track and field. It's been a while since we've been able to produce a show, but we're glad to be back. And who knows when we're going to be doing another episode again. I mean, I just landed my first ever job with the spokesman. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm happy about it. I'm happy to be able to finally get paid for writing about sports and, and doing some copy editing work for them. I'm excited. It's, it's a step in the right direction and, I, and I'm looking forward to the future as, as I progress along in that job. So that's gonna wrap it up for our show today. For Alex McIntyre, this is Keenan Gray saying, thank you for tuning in to The Rundown here on The Runner Washington. For more information on all things high school cross country and track and field, and even checking out the latest podcasts, photos, videos, me doing commentary of races that already happened, even though I already know the results that happened. Please give us a follow also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out the website at www.therunnerwa.com. Thanks for the support. Thanks for all the love out there for those Washingtonians that are turning into everything cross-country and track. We'll see you guys back real soon. Have a good one.